This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Unwinding. I hope everybody had a beautiful, long weekend. I actually just got back to Miami today. Well, today's Wednesday. I go back yesterday, Tuesday, September 7th at around 1 p.m. If you're curious, I had a really early fucking flight, which was not fun. I don't enjoy waking up at five in the morning. Like, I was thinking about it yesterday, and I used to do that by choice, okay? I don't know. I don't know either. I have no idea what I was thinking, but I would literally wake up at five just to have like two hours to myself, which honestly, like that was amazing for me. And I love that for me and that season of my life, but that's just like not where we're at right now, you know? So anyway, I'm back in Miami. I was home for the weekend, had some family things going on and I'm back and we're not going to get into too many updates because I'm actually going to record an episode tonight with Emily who arrives in literally two hours. I have to run to the airport after this to pick her up. Um, And so we're going to do, hopefully we're going to record two episodes. We really want to record one today when we're like, you know, sober and like just like pre the weekend and kind of do like dating updates, life updates, etc. And then we want to record one after the weekend. To hopefully share like our sexcapades you know what i'm saying anyway so i'll give you guys more updates in that episode which will be going up next week so excited but today let's talk about today we have carrie barber on the podcast carrie is an incredible entrepreneur and has had the most insane like coolest work experience and and background and resume and we talk all about it she's worked for glossier sephora violet gray into the gloss and is now the owner and creative director of make beauty she is so kind so smart like so smart and i just could have kept talking to her for hours like she is so so chill and so easy to talk to and just shared so much of her truth in this episode i know that sounds kind of cliche but like whatever it's true and i just love love how our conversation came out i know you guys are going to absolutely love this one and i just feel so lucky that i had to that i got to spend an hour with her so i'm so excited to share this with you make sure you're following her make sure you're following make they're fucking killing it and they're just getting started like literally killing it every other product that i try from them i'm just more and more obsessed and i try a lot of fucking skincare okay and i just every other product i'm just like wait what like how is this so fucking good dude anyway they're killing it make is about to pop the fuck off excuse my french we're just like having one of those days it's already popping off let's be real but keep your eyes open for them because it's 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 gonna be huge and carrie is incredible literally incredible i feel so like sorry i'm just gonna keep saying i feel so lucky that i got to talk to her honestly for an hour and it was great it was amazing and let's get into this conversation with carrie good morning (laughs) 
Good How are we doing today? Oh my god, your dog is like staring at me. I feel like he's part of the conversation. I know. Yeah. Come here. <laughs> There's a lot of attitude. I love it. I'm good. I woke up and I did like a really intense cardio workout because I'm trying to like be healthier. And I it was so hard. To, you know when you do cardio and you're like I I think I think I'm, I'm gonna, gonna die. Throw. Yes, I do. <laughs> you're in Miami, right? I'm in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I love Miami. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. I just wish it was a little bit not so hot. Like everyone's like, oh my God, mm-hmm. do you like love Miami? I'm like, I hate the heat. Like, I don't know why I live here. Like mm-hmm. I love Miami so much, but I hate being hot yeah. all the time. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like it is what it is, you know? So, okay. Yeah. I like to just like jump right into things. Um, Let's do it. And I want to know, I was lucky enough to get to hear a little bit more about your story in one of our, in one of Makes events. Um, but I would mm-hmm. love if you could just share, you know, kind of like what brought us here. Like, what was the road to make maybe a few monumental moments in your life? Because you've had such an insane and beautiful career. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I would just love if you could share a little bit of that. I don't know that I necessarily decided that I was going to be a beauty. Like, I really thought that I was going to be in fashion and that I was going to be... Like, I didn't know what it was because there's not necessarily, like, a degree for art direction. Mm-hmm. It's the, the path is, like, graphic designer, and then you learn enough to be an art director, and then you sort of, like, work your way up. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a fashion filmmaker. Like, that's what I wanted to do. It was, at, like, in college, I was really obsessed with Nick Knight and Show Studio, and I just was like, that's it. Like, I, I want to create, like images Mm -hmm. and so you know I sort of was like in fashion then I went to fine art and then my dad was like you just need to graduate from college like I don't care I don't care what you do (laughs) but like on my third college he was like this is it this is where you graduate yeah (laughs) I was like all right good um and then you know I was like preparing to like go to London and like show up at Nick Knight's door and be like hi I'll do literally anything like sweep the floor whatever and my boyfriend at the time was working at Sephora as like a freelance designer and um he was like you know they're hiring and you know maybe um it was supposed to be temporary and I was like cool Sephora is like the coolest thing in San Francisco so I'll do that and then at the time I was there there's there was this creative director there her name was Lena and she was just it was like I don't know if you remember this, it was like 2000, early 2000 aughts, like 2012, 13, with all the crazy bright patterns and like just gorgeous editorial and it was so cool and I thought it, I was like, this is fashion also. It is, yeah. It's beauty. Yeah. So I sort of realized then that they're very similar, they're, they sort of go hand in hand. And from there it just, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm obsessed with beauty. And at the time, everything was sort of like, it was just like serendipitous how everything happened because Instagram had just started, Into the Gloss had just started, and Violet Grey had just launched. And so it was like, okay, I, I work at Sephora, which is like the biggest retailer in the world for beauty. Um, I'm reading Into the Gloss every single day and I want to find a way to get there. Um, and I'm also so inspired by Violet Gray, which has this insane content that you can shop. And it was just 
like all of those things just I don't know they propelled me forward Mm -hmm. you know and eventually I went on to move to New York and I was like I will find a way to work for Into the Gloss and I you know I was like Sephora you guys can integrate this content like you know celebrities are talking about product that we sell and you know, they were kind of like, mm, no, it doesn't really work like that. It's <laughs> just like put Liv Tyler's face on the Sephora store. Um, you know, and eventually like Glossier came around and um, it was a dream because they reached out to me. I wasn't, I wasn't even like ready to go there. I knew I was going to like try, but I didn't really have like the balls yet. And then they approached me and it just sort of, like, not that I didn't work hard, but things just, like, sort of aligned at the right time. Yeah. And I was really clear about what it is that I wanted for the most part. Like, I knew I was going to be at into the gloss or, you know, didn't know what Glossier was at the time. But I was like, there's going to be a way, you know. And then um, also with Violet Gray, like, when I moved. So I went to New York. I moved back to San Francisco to go to Sephora again. And then I came down to L.A. to freelance. And I was like you know, Violet Gray is sort of like the last place that I haven't worked. And obviously I've admired Cassandra for a long time and Emily Weiss introduced us and I was like, what is happening? So crazy. You know, like I, it, it's funny thinking about it now, especially given how popular beauty is Mm -hmm. and how popular Glossier Mm -hmm. is, how well-known Violet Gray is and Sephora, obviously. Um, I think Sephora really allowed me to to like be able to do what I wanted right like I definitely give them a lot of credit for that when people are like oh Sephora you know no for sure and when Glossier reached out to you what like what did they want your help with what were they calling you for initially so I had one coffee meeting with the creative director um her name was Helen and she was like we're looking for a digital art director which was kind of what I was doing at Sephora and then Bloomingdale's and then I was freelance doing that for a while in New York and she was like you know we're looking for a digital art director would you be interested I'm like literally there's nobody more interested than me imagine being like "Mm, let me I'll get back to you Glossier I don't know and at the time people would be like what is Glossier you know which is crazy to think about I think even people outside of beauty which is you know a a pretty big but also small community Mm -hmm. people are like oh yeah Glossier but at the time I'd have to be like Emily Weiss into the gloss you know and now it's like I'm doing that with make I'm like do you remember this (laughs) they're like oh yeah yeah um so yeah I mean that sort of like led me to this point where I was freelancing at Violet Gray and I just sort of felt like okay I've done like I don't feel necessarily challenged Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, I'm not doing new things. Like, work is challenging, but I'm not doing something that I'm, that is unfamiliar to me. You were comfortable in a way. Yeah, and just, I also sort of felt like, okay, I've, like, checked the boxes in terms of what I wanted to do, and, you know, I I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and then... Ben Bennett, who's my business partner in Make, DM'd me like two summers ago. I love this story. Like, it's just like the way that it started <laughs> is I, I when you were telling it in the event, I was like, in a DM. Like it started with a DM. Like it's fucking crazy. I know. I have so many. I mean, people are like, how'd you mean Instagram? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, same, like, same, same. Yeah. 
um so yeah Ben was like I you know I've been following you for a while and I have this project and I think that you would be great for it because I was freelancing and he knew that and he obviously had been following me for a while so he knew what I was up to and at the time I was too busy and I was sort of like who is this Ben Bennett like I don't know who this is uh (laughs) so like no sorry (laughs) I wonder if he knows that if I've ever been like who are you um because now I just like I like have so much respect for him I just adore him so much um but yeah and then we just had a friendship you know because I wasn't ready to really um take on more freelance Mm -hmm. And we just had these meetings here and there, and it was maybe every few weeks, and we would sit for hours, and we would talk uh, just about so many different things, and we had a friendship before we even talked about working together. Right. And that was super important to me, because my that's how my dad was. He was best friends with his business partner, and, you know, I was, a lot of people were like, start your own thing, and I'm like, okay, like, what's going to be meaningful in terms of contributing to product that Mm -hmm. is out there Mm -hmm. um you know and I was like if if something comes to mind and it feels right then of course I will do that and I have known that I've always wanted a business partner because I'm just like that's just the best way that I work where I'm like okay am I right about this or not right you know and but that's um, good that you're aware of that you know that you're self-aware of that and not just like yeah you could have easily started your own thing and I'm sure it would have been incredibly successful but like you knowing yourself and knowing like I like to have a business partner this is how I perform best Mm -hmm. um yeah I think there's power in that you know yeah and uh, truly no one can do anything by themselves no (laughs) one nobody and um Ben has so much experience which makes I think this experience that I have with make more enjoyable because he'll be like okay let me tell you how this goes Mm -hmm. you know or there's just so much that I don't know about building a brand like business-wise or product-wise because I've always been on the marketing right creative side and even then I've never really been at a brand that I'm creating in terms of like visual branding and identity because I've always gone to a place and sort of like elevated it right I, I think that was like my sort of thing and I I did that um with Glossier sort of like matured them to the next you know stage in terms of like you know just adding little things to the branding right not like starting from scratch in a way yeah and just sort of like pushing things along and elevating them Mm -hmm. and um so I mean I'm learning something new about every single part of a brand um and then on top of that having it be mine makes it a completely different experience because you're just like I I think I said this in my this interview yesterday where I was like I'm supposed to be the best at creative, but it's the hardest part of my job because I'm so close to it. And that's where, like, Ben is great because he's also a creative person, and he'll be like, no. Right. That's that's a non-starter. I'll be like, okay, cool, you know, like, moving on. Do you remember remember the moment when you were, like, you said you were freelancing and you weren't ready to take on something new and you guys kept talking about it and developing a friendship? Do you remember the day when you were like, okay, let's do it, like, let's go? Yeah, so it was, uh, like, in January of 20... 2020 I think and it was like the Emmys and we were at Sunset Tower and so like you know all the celebrities stay there and we're like sitting outside surrounded by celebrities and I'm like this is so weird it's like a very LA thing Mm -hmm. that just still like never feels normal Mm -hmm. like it does and then you're just like there's Billy Porter's like (laughs) 
like gonna go <laughs> to the Emmys later. So like, wild. It's just yeah. So weird. Yeah. And I remember this day vividly because I was also I was engaged at the time and I was going to get married at Sunset Tower, so I was gonna be there anyway to like suss out the venue and this and that. So I remember this day like so clearly. Mm-hmm. And I remember Ben being like, you know, make which we've talked about is for sale. And nobody knows about it, and I'm thinking about it, but I'm only going to do that, like, if you would do this with me. Like, you're the pers- you're the perfect person to partner with on this brand. And at first, I was kind of like, mm, I don't know, actually. Like, is that... Because it, it hadn't done anything in a long time. Right. And, you know, it also, I sort of... Where I was at, I was like, this maybe doesn't align with, like, who I am now. Like, is this something is it going to stay the way it is like just went through all these reasons and then I you know went on with the day and I told Ben you know I think about it I went to dinner and I was sitting there and I was like what are you thinking like obviously I'm going to do this like yes like yes whatever it takes like whatever that means yeah let's do it and then it just kind of went from there and you know then six weeks later COVID hit and basically the entire time We've been in the pandemic. We've been working on make. I remember. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Crazy. And I mean, A, that's crazy. But B, also, I remember you saying, like, it was almost kind of a blessing. Be- not, okay, that sounds awful. Not a blessing. But, like, you made the most of it because you had all this mm-hmm. time to literally just be inside and work and think and develop and, and strategize. Yeah. And so I think it's insane how many beautiful things have come out of such a not so beautiful um time you know yeah but something I didn't know whatsoever I remember when I received the first PR package which I was like this is fucking beautiful and I just got your the moisturizer one and I was like I I love (laughs) your vision like your mind is crazy like literally crazy in the best way but I remember when I got the first package I was like oh my god never heard of this brand like looks so cool I didn't know it was already a brand like, I, mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was existing already, you know? So in my head, I'm yeah. like, oh, new skincare brand, whatever. So can you talk a little bit about how, um, you know, that, that how it already had, like, a, an identity? And if you, and how you, because I remember you saying in the, in the live, or the, in, in the event that you were trying to obviously recreate this brand, but also kind of still keep some sort of its, you know, voice, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think for... Me and probably for a few people that it might be specific to New York because it was a very New York brand, mm-hmm. but it I remember when it came out, it was unlike anything at the time. You know, this was 2013 and it was before Glossier, Milk, and all of the brands that followed. I'm, there are just so many, yeah. you know, that I think have come out of that time mm-hmm. that have completely changed the industry and make was one of the first brands that was like you know their original tagline was you make beauty and i don't you know at the time brands weren't communicating to people like that and it was very community focused which i think you know led the way for these other brands to follow suit and uh, you know i think there were a f- there were a few brands at that time that were like this that created like what is so familiar to us now and I definitely think make was one of them their formulas also were very innovative because they came out of a very um you know big and popular contract manufacturer and so they had access to all this innovation and 
I just remember it was like, this is different. And, you know, to me, when Ben and I were talking about make originally, like these were the things that we were thinking about. And I think it's important to not completely, like these are these are such great things and I think they're important to carry through. And mm-hmm. it, it like really helped us inform this like 2.0 version of the brand because it those were the things that made it so great and I don't want to change those things right. you know I the branding um is was also like very recognizable the very bold logo like I would tell people oh make beauty and they're like mm, I don't know and I would show them the logo and they're like oh of course right and then they'd be like I have that bizu bizu stick and I love it and it's empty do you have more <laughs> you know like yeah the, it, it was kind of like that and it it was very very popular with the people that knew it you know and also like I uh, just as a maybe empathetic person and also a creative person who's now creating a brand I didn't it would be hard for me to completely wipe away something that someone had created mm-hmm. and that you know there was like really good bones too and it, it was just important to me and important to Ben to to sort of honor those things Mm -hmm. and then evolve and update the brand to our times now totally for somebody who doesn't know make how would you describe it Uh, right now now or make then right now right now yeah so make now is you know like a utilitarian brand very inspired by science and technology um our whole lens is sort of to look forward which to me means that, you know, I'm I'm ready for Make and other brands now to sort of push us into what's next. Mm-hmm. And that means a lot of different things, like, you know, in terms of um, formulas and how ingredients are made or harvested or created, how they're formulated together to create cleaner formulas. You know, there's like sort of all of these boxes that I think about in terms of like forward-looking and it's you know clean which Ben originally was like it's got to be clean it's the standard it's what everyone is doing yeah and I'm like "Mm, really (laughs) you know because it just feels kind of like it did at least I think up until recently feel kind of like a marketing thing Mm. and also sort of like we're here and we're clean and we're over here and you're conventional and you're over there like we're not we're not sitting together right so to me like clean just means like better ingredients and updating formulas as technology advances and with biotech labs and just the way that ingredients are made now and it's just pretty easy to do Mm -hmm. you know it it doesn't cost as much as it used to it's much more available and I think that it's a responsibility as a brand to do the best that you can and continue to update your formulas as technology goes on you know and also sustainability is super important I think every single brand beauty or not has a responsibility to sustainability if they're you know a consumer goods brand Mm -hmm. Um, and that's another thing because it's not perfect and it's challenging to do in a way that is good for your business like it's it's hard to balance like doing the most that you can do from a sustainability standpoint and you know be a successful business right something ultimately like, make it make sense for <laughs> your business as well right yeah you know but I think again like 
each brand is is if if they are you know committed to sustainability i think each brand is sort of doing the best that they can and i do think it will get easier over time as you know like even just what boxes are made of um you know becomes more standard and so there's that part of it and then i think you know for me and when i think about it from a branding perspective and a product perspective it's sort of like we try to think like you know like if we were 10 years from now like what's the thing that's going to be popular Mm. and trying to find formulas that feel a little bit ahead um you know like right now chubby foundation sticks are super popular Mm -hmm. and I use them every day but I'm sort of like okay well what's the next chubby stick right like what's the next formula that's that's so hard be popular to predict yeah. like what where we change our minds so fast and so frequently yeah. and it's inc- it's insane to me how something new trends every single day you know yeah. and and so I can't even imagine how hard that is to like yeah. make these predictions you know yeah yeah, I mean, they're, they're guesses, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like my just experience in beauty yeah. and the people that I work with and the product development teams, you know, they, you know, do trend forecasting, and, you know, they'll be like, this is a really interesting formula, powder, and I'm like, oh, powder, hadn't even thought of that, like, right. I don't wear powder anymore, yeah. you know, I'm like constantly glistening, so. <laughs> the dewier, the better. But, yeah, exactly. I hear you. The powder can be dewy, mm-hmm. you know, which... I hadn't really thought about so and also you know I'm just as a creative person trying to figure out what the aesthetic is that is interesting but you know feels different Mm -hmm. and isn't sort of replicas of each thing that's out there yes that's super important to me and has always been important to me Mm -hmm. um and there's nothing wrong with what's out there but I'm just kind of like all right let's keep going forward you know let's have another decade of you know reinventing what this industry is and what it looks like and also having fun I hear so, you I love that I answered that question oh 100% I loved <laughs> I loved your series how to make it uh, and thanks. you talked about your relationship with failure and yeah. I would love if you could elaborate on this I know that's so broad but just maybe like how has that definition changed if it has within you know the past year yeah so I you know traditionally I'm a perfectionist which I I would have as a perfectionist would have never identified myself as that because (laughs) like it's never enough if Mm -hmm. you're a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and it's also exhausting yeah um and you know I think just the past year that I've had year and a half in my personal life and also with work you just have to failure is a if you're working hard and you're trying new things failure is an inherent part of what you're doing Mm -hmm. and in a lot of ways I think failure is the thing that like gets you to success and I am pretty sure that like Steve Jobs has said that or something where he's like you fail to get to the thing that makes you successful that's how you get there you know which is hard when you just want to when you're a people pleaser and you want to do a good job and make people happy and you know I um feel this pressure to you know now that I've been like it's gonna be different (laughs) like 
feel this pressure that I'm putting on myself to do that. And every day, you know, so much of my schedule has changed and I used to be a very task oriented person and I would have certain things to do every day and now it's not really like that so at the end of the day I'm like did I even do anything mm. today like I didn't physically create anything I so you don't feel accomplished and, yeah because I'm not checking a list off right you know and at this point like I just it's like really exhausting to beat yourself up <laughs> and I'm just like, you know what, the best that I can do is show up and do the work that has to be done that day and just continue to show up and it will, it's going to like get easier over time. Right. Um, you know, and I, I'm, it's, it's easy to say that now when I'm not like necessarily in a moment of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I, I think what I, uh, would would have loved to hear when I was younger was that like failure is an inherent part of work Mm -hmm. and it makes you successful yeah um it's the things that you're learning as you go along and also like everybody is trying to figure it out like everyone I think everyone and and people who are wildly successful now had no idea what they were doing when they were starting and I think that's really important to just like you know like continue to communicate that to yourself and to other people like you're figuring it out and that's part of it right and I also think like I don't know I I see failure and that's such a heavy word you know like I Mm -hmm. I I more so just try to think of it like when something doesn't work out or something didn't work out the way I wanted it to or I didn't do something the best way whatever it may be but I learn more from any of those situations and it's not even in business. Like it could, you know, maybe a guy I was seeing, it didn't work out, like whatever. I learn more from that than I do when something's going great. And, and so I think like, it's, I think it's all about the way you look at it, your intention behind it, the words that you're using. I'm so big on like, just the words that I'm saying out loud, the words that I'm saying to myself and the way that I'm describing something in a situation, you know? And so I think, we need to not be so scared of something not working out. I think so often, even my, like literally myself, I delayed doing what I actually wanted to do um, because I was like, what if it doesn't work out? What if this, what if people judge me? What if, whatever the fuck, I had a list of 20 million reasons, right? That I mm-hmm. continue to go back to for literally a decade of my life. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there were just excuses. Like there were literally yeah. just excuses. And the worst is like, I'm a very, um, I have a lot of anxiety. And so a, a lot of my thoughts tend to go to the worst case scenario. And that's like, I'm trying, I work mm-hmm. on that all the time to be like, okay, but what if it works out? Like, why do I have to go yeah. to like the, why does it always have to be something bad? Right. Yeah. And so I've learned to be like, to challenge those thoughts and be like, okay, yeah. What if it fails? What, yeah. what then? Am I going to die? Right. Like, what, yeah. you know, like, is something catastrophic yeah. going to happen if it doesn't work out? Most yeah. likely the answer will be no. So it's like, it's okay. Right. But yeah. yeah, I think we as a, like, collectively, we're just so scared to, like, fuck up and to, like, yeah. not do things correctly. And I, I'm a perfectionist like you. And it's, it's been a, now, I don't know. Now I'm just like, you know what? I fucked up. Like, yeah. <laughs> Not that I enjoy saying that out loud, but like yeah. I'm a little bit yeah. nicer to myself because yeah. I don't know. I think also when you go through like hard shit, 
I think that also made me more... I've always been an empathetic person with people, but it made me a more mm-hmm. empathetic person with myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I think um, I love your relationship with failure and how we just need to continue saying, like, it's okay. Like, everyone's going to... Yeah. It's literally okay. My mom used to, you know, when I was going through um, all of trying to figure out what I was doing with um, my life she'd be like all right well, my life it. <laughs> but you know like college and yeah, where I was yeah, living yeah. you know I've moved so many times yeah. and my mom's always just like well now you know that you don't like that exactly. so you don't have to think about it anymore exactly and you know that's the thing it's like well now you know that that doesn't work and then you'll be like okay well that didn't work but maybe you know and then it just inspires you and again it's hard like you know I spoke to this in the how to make it but when we did our first make photo shoot like you know, like, I made a lot of mistakes, and it was hard for me because it was mine, and I really thought, like, I got it, you know, like, almost in a naive way where I'm like, eh, don't, it's all gonna work out, even though I was like, how is this gonna happen, you know, and, and Ben and I had a very difficult conversation the next, you know, week, and he was just like, this is a moment of failure for you and I really hope that you learn from this and he was right you know and I haven't had a failure like that in work for a long time and it was hard and you know it was the first time I cried in front of Ben about work I've cried a thousand times about a million other things with him but you know and I I was just like you're right and I'm sorry and this won't happen again and that's all I can do you know and I've I think you know I'm still not the best or perfect or whatever but But i have not made those mistakes show me someone who is perfect like show me someone who has never fucked up like you're lying you know like yeah or you're not trying right and it's like we're human (laughs) like we literally when i my therapist would always remind me like lisa like you're not a robot like you know what i'm saying like it's okay and i think (laughs) i love that you said like when you do something wrong or when you figure out that you don't like something and you're like, okay, noted, I don't like that. I think it's not like knowing what you don't like and knowing what you're not great at and knowing what you don't enjoy is so much, even maybe more important than knowing the things that you are good at and the things that you do enjoy. Because, and and I think it's like an ego thing. I think a lot of us don't want to like either accept that or kind of internalize that because God forbid we're not great at everything, right? Yeah. So, like, we're human. It's okay. Um, yeah. I also wanted to ask you, like, metaphorically, how do we stand out in a crowded room on social media right now? <laughs> uh, TikTok? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, social media for me is always sort of just like this cat and mouse mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. I, it is, it is my job to be on social media. It is the way that I connect with people the most. And I love Instagram. I'm on Instagram a lot. And, you know, I maybe communicate on Instagram more than I do on text, even, (laughs) you know, like constantly DMing and Mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I love Instagram and I also have an opportunity to like, you know, as a creative person, like, live out my aesthetic, you know, whatever that means, like, Mm -hmm. it's, it it allows me to be creative in a way that, um, just feels nice. Yeah. You know, and now I'm in this position where 
I, you know, I'm a face of a thing and I'm responsible for, um, for the brand ultimately at the end of the day. And I've always sort of positioned myself to not be beholden to Instagram either, to not make it something that I have to completely rely on or right. feel like I need to get engagement or have followers or, because then that's not fun. It, yeah, and it's not. Yeah, and I, you know, I think, I don't know that everyone would agree with me on this, but I, like, I don't, I have to pay attention to those things now because it ultimately helps the brand, Mm -hmm. and I think that, um, you know, even just having, like, conversations like this is super important for me and also for you and for people listening, like, these things that come out of Instagram are very important and I want to keep doing that and yeah to keep doing that like people need to know who I am right <laughs> you know right um I get what you're saying again it's like when you look at Instagram you see a lot of the same things mm-hmm. and it's confusing sometimes because you're like okay these things that look identical all have so many likes or engagement or you know, I don't know if they took likes away or not I'm, like it's different every day but yeah you're like okay this is safe and somewhat mediocre but people like it right so you're like oh is this right so you're like oh is this what I need to do yeah or am I over here like doing something different that not everybody sees so I mean I, I maybe this is like kind of a cliche answer but it's like I think the to me the things that are the most successful and stand out the most on social media are people who are just themselves as much as they can be yeah And that's the most interesting thing. Like, I'll have conversations with some of my friends who are influencers, and they have a hard time being themselves on Instagram, which I can relate to also, Mm -hmm. and which is why I think How to Make It was very cathartic for me Mm -hmm. because I had no choice Mm -hmm. (laughs) but to be like, there's cameras following me around, and I'm, like, recording myself crying on my phone. And, you know, like... But I love that. I mean, that's... I think, like... (laughs) Sorry to interrupt you. I just think... No, no, no. I think... I totally hear what you're saying. And for me, it's like... I can't stand... And I've used this... um, I've said this before, but it's like... You know when you... We've all seen them. You know, people that just post and it's just like a flower emoji. And I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to connect with that? Like, cute pic, but like, give me something more. Like, I get... I the people that I follow, I'm already on Instagram all day, right? So it's like, I'm super selective about, and I don't mean that in a prissy way, but I just mean like, I'm super selective about whose stories I'm watching every single day and who I'm engaging with because, not to sound woo-woo, but that's like energy that I'm getting in all day. And I don't want to be watching people that are going to make me feel like shit, right? So I'm super careful. And I also want to feel inspired or connected or entertained. How am I going to, how can I connect with you if you're just posting an emoji as a caption? I know it doesn't have to be that serious, but to me, I'm like, I need a personality. I want to follow someone who Mm -hmm. I feel like they're giving me a little part of their life. I'm not saying you have to show me everything, but I think ultimately, I think we're moving in a way in this, in a direction of people want to feel connected and I can't connect to an emoji. I can't connect to just like Monday blues. Like I can't fucking connect to that. Mm -hmm. I need, I need more and I need a, I need a little bit of a story. I think like, yeah. I think the way people fall in love with you online and feel invested in you, whether it's a service, a brand, uh, your life, whatever, it's when you're kind of giving them a story. And so yeah. when I started on Instagram, I knew that wasn't like 
no shade or shame or anything to anyone who that's all, that's what they want to do and just stick to Instagram. I would feel terrified having like all my eggs in one basket on an app that could literally disappear tomorrow. Though it's yeah. my favorite app because I love the stories. I fucking hate posts. I'm, I don't like them. I do them because it's part of it. I like stories where I can talk. I can share my personality. You know, that's what I like. And so I was like, I would feel so unfulfilled if I was just taking photos of myself all day. And that's where I knew I was going to start a podcast because I was like, there's so much more that I that I want to talk about and share and hear yeah. about that I can't do in a caption. Yeah. And so I totally hear what you're saying. And I think it's just like, I don't know. I just, I, I want us all, and I think people get confused when I talk. I've talked about this on my stories before and some people are like, well, like not everybody feels comfortable sharing. I'm like, that's fine. I'm not asking you to tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. There's a way yeah. to be personable and to kind of invite people into your life without sharing everything you know yeah and so i mean i hope we just see more of that you know yeah i do too i think that there's a place for both and i fully agree with what you're saying and i you know before make and before instagram stories actually i used to be extremely curated and it was so i've just felt like there was a lot of pressure to maintain that and there's an inherent perfection with with an aesthetic mm-hmm. where you're like, well, it doesn't actually match my palette, so I can't no, that post it. Story of my life. I'm yeah. I'm, I I I don't. I'm still I, that way a little. Bit. I'm that I am that <laughs> way. So I don't want to come across across preachy, but that's why I have so much fun on my stories, and that's how that's why Same. I love the podcast so much is because I don't have to be curated. You know, yeah. like yeah, my yeah. feed's curated, my captions are a mess, and then everything else is a mess as well, and that's what I like. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, Ben Bennett really pushed me to be like less curated. Let go of and that, yeah. Let go of that. And it took off so much pressure. Yeah. And, you know, I still sort of go back and forth where like right now I'm sort of like in my aesthetic phase um, because I can't help myself, mm-hmm. you know, but then I'll go back and it, it'll be random and it'll probably be something that's personal and heartfelt and get people excited and comment and and whatever but I'm like you were on stories and I like want to be silly yeah because like I am you know like silly and shy and you know like a tomboy and all those things and I think it's important that people you know just like you're saying you're connecting with a real person and it all collectively makes us feel better it's exactly like you get to exhale exactly when someone is their selves because you're like oh this is safe and I can connect to you I can I'm I'm getting permission to also do that right and um I can just live my life <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know? and as a as a brand owner how like what are let's say what would you look for when you're partnering with creators like what is something important to make when they are deciding like who they want to connect with who they want to collaborate with what are you guys like looking for I think it's a few different things you know there's definitely I, I think we're sort of at a tipping point with paid partnerships. I I want to be careful because I know that a lot of people work really hard for those, and it is a lot of work yeah. from the one or two that I have done. And, you know, it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. and it probably does work depending on who you are. But I, I wonder if that is as effective as it was before. And so when I'm looking for people to collaborate with or sort of engage on social, it's like, 
do they make content that's interesting? Like right now I am so into macro beauty video that's on TikTok and I'm not on TikTok, but I, they're on Instagram anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm watching TikTok on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm following these like macro beauty videos, which are just so entertaining and so beautiful. And I, I'm obsessed with them. I think macro works in this sort of aesthetic with make. It feels spacey, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. and sort of like grand and um, sciency also. Um, and then there are people who are like serious skincare influencers, like James Walsh, for example. And yeah, you know what was great was that he genuinely liked make, and we had sent it to him, and he loved the gel cream, you know. And then it's like, okay, he organically talked about it. And it's his job, so why wouldn't I pay him to continue to do that? Right. You know, like, that was a very natural sort of A very organic partnership. partnership, yeah. Yeah, and it's effective, and, you know, we've done sponsorships, and because he loves the brand, you know, he's like, I would have talked about it anyway, but yeah, I'm going to get paid. And I'm like, great, we love to pay you. Yeah. Like, this is your job, you know, be like paying a video editor or something. Um, so, you know, I think... There's a few different type of people, types of people that we look for, the, you know, those sort of James Walsh people, the, even just the small people on Instagram who are making interesting content. Like, I would love to pay those people to make content because, again, I think people get so stuck in sort of like, well, what's their following? And yeah, that's important, but, you know, there's just so many, you know, you need you need the people who are going to see you, so, like, a new audience, and you find those people, but then you need content every single day, yeah. twice a day yeah. sometimes. <laughs> it's a lot. And, you know, I I have a few people on Instagram who have a small following who make beautiful content, and I will continue to pay them to make content, send them product, and I think because we have this sort of, like, relationship they're going to stay loyal to the brand, which is also important. Yes. Too. Yeah. I wish, I wish more brands were more intentional about who they partnered with. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is like, I, I was talking with one of my friends the other day and we were just like, every brand just wants, I'm generalizing, not every brand, but so many brands are just interested in become an affiliate, become an affiliate, become an affiliate. And it's like, that's so much pressure to always be posting the same products over and over and over again and it doesn't feel genuine whatsoever and I would rather not get paid that and I'd rather actually just randomly share something and people be like oh cool like she used that in the morning love it I'm gonna whatever I would rather that and I wish more brands understood like it's so much more valuable to actually have a relationship with the person and know if they actually like it. And, it, and it, like he said, I'm g- I would have done this anyway. Those are the partnerships that we need more of. Those are yeah. the those are the conversations we need more of because that's what works. Like that's what sells. Yeah. And consumers are so we're all consumers. We're we're all very smart consumers, and people are only becoming smarter. People know when something's genuine most of the time. Yeah, you know, and so. Yeah. I just wish more brands were more selective, like even selective and just more thoughtful with um, with their collaborations, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, You know, Instagram is, there are so many parts of it too. I know, I know. It, it depends on the kind of brand that you are, you know, and I constantly look at brands who are 
have to be paying people so much to do one post. And I'm curious, like, does this work? Right. And maybe it's like a case-by-case basis and it depends on the brand and it depends on the person. And, you know, I think, like, Kylie can probably sell almost anything. because Literally. People just love her. Yeah. And that's 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 like an extreme case, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I have some good friends who are well-known, well-paid influencers, and they're effective because they're very genuine. And I think now it's, like, more accepted that people are basically getting paid for their time. Right. Like, you you would get paid for anything else that you would do. Yeah. Are you okay? You got scared. (laughs) Did you see that exit? Yeah. He's like, cam out. Uh, Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that it's constantly changing and, you know, as a brand, um, we do the best that we can. Yeah. And I, I definitely, for the most part, want to do things that feel genuine and give, you know, paid partnership money to the people who genuinely like the brand. Otherwise, it's not going to translate, and it's like, okay, there's $20,000 for a TikTok, and nothing happens. Right, right. It has to make sense. It's, it's, yeah. we're all too smart now. We're all too smart of consumers to just be, like, doing one-off ads all the time. It doesn't, it, yeah. you know, it, I don't think it makes sense, but... Okay, I know we all, we're, our, our time is almost up. I have like five million other questions for you. Um, <laughs> but I want to wrap this up by asking you, what is one, and obviously you can just share whatever if you're comfortable sharing, but what is one, I'm not a fan of small talk, as you can tell. I'm just like, so what was your like, deepest trauma? Um, what, <laughs> what is something difficult that you recently had to overcome? And then also on the flip side, what is something beautiful that has happened in your life lately hmm. um difficult I mean I think every day is pretty difficult <laughs> I'm sure uh, uh, um but now I sort of enjoy that which um like you I'm enjoy you say. enjoy the challenge yeah I think it was difficult like sort of March, April, right before we launched Make, because I was going, I've been going through a transition just in in my personal life and with work, obviously, Mm -hmm. and I really just felt like I I was, like, shedding skin Mm -hmm. and really letting go of a lot of these maybe, like, ideas that I had of my former self and, and sort of, like, growing into this new version of myself and this new role that I have to play and yeah. that I have wanted to play for a long time there you know it was just like a lot of letting go which is hard to do I've done this a few times in my life where I've like transitioned into the next phase of like the woman that I am because it's comfortable to be this smaller version of yourself and it's it's just and smaller I mean just like experience you know like I I have learned so much in the last few years and you know I you just sort of like get to this place where these behaviors and these thoughts and the way that you are don't serve like who you're becoming so you have to like let go of that and then grow into this new person where you're like I don't have the tools to understand what I'm going through and I think 
right now I'm learning a lot of that in the relationship that I'm in because, you know, I my dad passed away, which um, just inherently closed me off from getting close to people because I was like, well, you know, I don't want to feel this like hurt and devastation every time somebody leaves my life, whether we get in a fight and we never talk again or, you know, something happens to them or, you know, it just, I was like, it's too risky to get close to people. Yeah. But you can't have a meaningful relationship or an intimate relationship with someone if you're, if you're not opening up to them and vulnerable. And um, his name is also Ben. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, like, surrounded by ben. Ben's. <laughs> and, you know, he, we are so connected, and he really challenges me to, you know, I, I have such intense feelings for him that I can't not just, like, be close to him. But then this old part of me is like, oh, God. Careful. No, no, no. Don't no. do that. Yeah. I can we're relate going to that so hard. That. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really challenging and it's just a constant sort of like uh, the amount of times that I have tried to be like, well, this doesn't work. So oh my he's God. like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a few days ago that happened and he's like, can you just stop? Can you relax? And I'm like, <laughs> he lives in Miami actually. And so I'm like, well, we don't live on the same coast and how is this ever going to work? And, and he's like, okay, just relax. If you like, only we'll knew how out. like identified I'm feeling right now, like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I told you when we were talking about the podcast, I also lost my dad almost nine years ago, 10 years ago. And yeah. um, it shut me the fuck off for so long. And I'm yeah. 28 now. And I'm only now. I was 19 when he passed away. I'm only now wow. somewhat open to dating. Okay. Like I yeah. haven't had a real relationship since that. And yeah. I don't think people, I don't think we talk, I don't hear people talking about this enough. And I'm so open about it, obviously now, because it's been so long, I can talk about it without crying. But I think one thing that I loved about what you said is that is releasing old patterns and old mindsets feels like we're breaking, you know, like it feels like we're completely breaking because we are, but like once you push through that, I think it's like the most, it, they're only beautiful things, right? And I think change is not always comfortable, but I think something that I, like you, have to remind myself of is that vulnerability creates connection. And I love Brene Brown. I don't know if you watched her. Mm-hmm. I, oh my God. Obs- she's her. like the vulnerability queen. I'm, I am obsessed with her. Yeah. And she always talks about this. And my therapist was always like, read her books, watch her Netflix, like, you know, like <laughs> watch it again yeah. today. And um, yeah. I love that she says that. And it's so fucking true. Like I was having such surface level moments. And even, you know, even with my closest friends, there was so much that I wouldn't get to because I was like, I, I don't, I don't want to, you just, you get so scared of being hurt again. And it's so valid it's so fucking valid but that's where it's so hard and you're the one you're the only one that can do that for yourself right it's like remind yourself that yeah yeah, it's hard it's hard and you might get hurt but guess what that's life and like you're not going to be able to have the most beautiful meaningful relationships or friendships if you're not vulnerable because you're not getting to where you could get and so it's 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 kind of a choice right that we have to make it's like okay am i either going to put myself out there and be fucking terrified and potentially get hurt or am I just going to sit here in my bubble and be comfortable and like not experience any, any of the feelings? Yeah. It's fucking hard. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, and, you know, I was closed off for so long, and, you know, I was engaged um, for a while before COVID, and we just never got to that place because I wasn't ready to have a relationship like that, right. you know, and we both had our problems, and things happened for a reason, you know, but I... <sighs> I, it's been almost, I think, six years, maybe seven since my dad has died. And like you, I'm just getting to the point where I'm actually okay with dealing with it. Oh, you know? yeah. And like, I really like dealt with it too much in the beginning. It was like so much of my like purpose and identity. And it was like, just all I could talk about. And then it was like, oh, I actually have to live my life. So I can't do the these two things and then it went on so long that it just compounded and it was like if I even think about it I can't do anything for a few days right you know so I had to go through that and now I have a meaningful relationship which I you know I've had meaningful relationships I've always been a relationship person and um like I have this relationship now with with my boyfriend Ben where I'm like I have I almost have no choice because my feelings are so strong for you and I've gotten to the, it's like so many feelings because I haven't been able to like balance out what the right amount of like (laughs) being obsessed with someone is or like, you know, like he's hurt me and then I've been like, absolutely not, I'm never talking to you again. Mm -hmm. And then my feelings are like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) Guess again. (laughs) (laughs) And we're just going through this like, this balance because I'm like an all or nothing person for the most part. And so... I have these like waves of emotions and intensity and then that feels so scary because what if something happens to him right and you know I think again with failure and success like hurt is part of it is a part of love yeah and I was like you where I wasn't getting close to my friends I was pulling away from my family and I was like I'm such a empathetic sensitive person who like needs human connection same that you know, I, I'm just now allowing myself to feel hurt and also know that, like, okay, I feel hurt, but, like, he's still here. Right. So it's okay and it's safe and, you know, it's relationships are messy, I think, no matter what, especially if you're, like, really in them and living them. Mm-hmm. Like, they are messy because mm-hmm. feelings and emotions are messy. <laughs> um, but... And I, I think the second part of your question was, um, like, what feels great um it feels great to feel things that I'm feeling it's funny because like at you're work alive right now, I'm like it's literally like you're alive yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling all the things yeah. and it's it's overwhelming for me because I feel a lot same and I'm sensitive to energy and you know like right now I'm sort of known as the crier at work because I'll see packaging and I'll be like <laughs> oh my god it's so beautiful and they're like what is wrong with you <laughs> You know, and like uh, yesterday I was, um, it was a Brene Brown quote, but it was like this video of this little penguin, <laughs> like not sure if it was going to go into the ocean or not. And I was talking You're about like how, bawling like, your eyes out. I'm crying. About this, but like, that's okay. Who cares? Ocean. That's okay. I know. I just, I just like, I, it, it is so amazing to feel all of the feelings. Yeah. Like, of course, when they're intense and they don't feel good it's really hard but like when they I'm like feeling things and I'm experiencing things in my relationships at work in my relationship with myself Mm -hmm. in my intimate relationship like I have energy and I'm alive whereas before I was kind of like 
I know I can do the thing that can stay even keel. I know what to expect. You were controlling what feelings you wanted to feel and what feelings you weren't allowing. And though I think that's um, a way to survive, I don't think that's a way to, I don't think that's being fully alive. Like I swear, I, I feel like I've said this a few times, but I feel like my life is just starting because I never used to, like my mentality is just so different. And yeah, but things really can knock the life out of you like actually yeah and i don't think we talk about that enough and how there's no right way or linear way to handle grief like it's fucking hard and it doesn't like go away like it's not like like literally (laughs) nine years later i was crying about my dad two days ago like it it doesn't go away you just learn how to deal with it i had this conversation last night with a friend whose dad passed away like the week one of COVID and you know he's like in there I think there's like certain for me there were like certain milestones in terms of like time that passed Mm -hmm. and like the ways in which you go through these levels of grief and I agree that it's it was hard for me to talk about with someone whose parent hadn't died Mm. and I think also like we're young like i wasn't 19 when my dad died but I was you know like early 20s and you don't expect that that's gonna happen no when you're a young no and so there's that part of it and then it's a parent so it's you know another layer to it and and it's like the one thing that you can't fix and that will never go away exactly and you know I think and it I don't know it's like not any easier either as time goes on it's like harder almost especially as you start to live your life you know want to share things yeah yeah when make launched I remember driving to the office and just crying the whole time because I'm like my dad is not here and he's like the one person that I I wanted to be here I know you know and and you just you know you hope that he's around somewhere and he's gonna like nudge you and you're like okay cool (laughs) hi (laughs) you know but it it's just like it's it's a hard conversation that I don't think people have enough and agreed. It, it it's um important because everyone will go through it. Right. It's a it's a fact of life. Right. So. We're I mean we're all dealt different different cards, right? And so I think it's more like what I try to say is like just appreciate the things you have, the people you have, whether it's your family, your friends, your whatever, whoever appreciate them when you have them and um also I just try to remind people that it's okay if you feel messy and your feelings are messy and you've lost someone and you don't know what the fuck you're doing and 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 you're you know you randomly started crying outside of a Starbucks because the song they were playing reminded you of them I'm not saying that happened to me a few days ago you know like it's okay I just me a lot <laughs> I'll see something and I'm like <laughs> Like it just, whatever it is what it is. And I just, I want to continue talking more about this stuff because it's so fucking real. And while not everyone has maybe lost their dad, maybe they've lost a father figure or their whoever, it doesn't matter. But anyway, um, I love that you're letting yourself feel all the feelings. I love that for you. (laughs) I'm going to continue to do that as well. And next time you visit Ben in Miami, please hit me up. Yes. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, I'm praying this relationship continues so that I can meet you yeah. in real life. But <laughs> I think it will. <laughs> Thank you. Because I don't blow it up. No, no, you won't. You won't. I'm manifesting this for you. You're not. Um, 
just watch Brene Brown every night and like that that <laughs> queen will help us through this okay uh, God bless her. <laughs> honestly I love her um thank you so much for this this was thank you this was great such a beautiful conversation I know people are gonna absolutely love this and make is going to already it's popping the fuck off and it's going to skyrocket and I can't wait to like thank be you. like I have the founder on my podcast, okay? <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you so much. Oh, this was so great. Thank you. Thank you. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.